Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another segment of Broadcasting Politics with Cisco Costa. And tonight we have a special guest, Mr. Fabio M. Martinez, Commander Medical Service Corps for the U.S. Navy, retired. He'll be on in five minutes. So it's going to be an interesting conversation. Is America's future capitalism or socialist? Socialist. Socialism. So that is the topic for tonight. Now, we have this whole situation with Iran downing one of our drones. You know, this, this whole thing with Iran, that totalitarian system in Tehran needs to be taken care of. I mean, we need to put a stop to it because they are out of control. And, they, and you know, they're the biggest promoters of Hezbollah. So at this point, I think President Trump needs to send a very, very strong message to the Iranians that we will not tolerate any type of behavior that's destructive against the rest of the world and against us. So Tehran needs to really hear from the president, and I think he will. I think he will. but it's coming to a point now that the Iranians working with the Russians and the Chinese are forming an alliance or have been forming an alliance against the U.S. And I think we, we know that. And I think we need to, the, the U.S. government needs to really send a strong message. And I'm hoping that that happens very soon. So I just wanted, that's one of the talking points that I wanted to touch on briefly. The other one is this whole situation on the border. I mean, it just continues. Now we have, we have African caravans, okay? If this is not something that has been organized and planned by the powers to be, it's not something that just happened out of the blues and people decided we got to immigrate, migrate to, to the United States. No, it, it cannot. All these governments that are allowing this, including Mexico and Central American countries, have, we have to, uh, President Trump has to send them a strong message. Again, you know, it's just, it, 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 we will not tolerate this type of behavior, Okay. It's just, it's incredible. I mean, every day we're getting individuals being dumped in in U.S. cities, okay, increasing the cost to taxpayers. This should not be the case. So I look at this whole situation in, in the southern border as a crisis, total crisis. And if the, if the Democrat Party does not want to stand up for the American people, then they will pay in 2020. I mean, they're going to pay anyway because they have done nothing in the past two years after they were elected. Only, well, let me take that back. They have done one thing. They have formulated a scam with the Russian 
collusion, which I don't hear about it anymore any longer because it was a collusion. But it's a collusion on the Democrats. Okay. But now it appears also that the impeachment process, they're not talking about it anymore or as much. But we'll, we'll probably hear it more next week when, you know, we'll have a circus. The, the circus of the, the debate of the circus or the circus of the debate. Just get your popcorn ready because it's going to be fun. Just to sit back and listen to these clowns talking about how to make the United States better when they have done nothing within, within the past two years when they've had control of the House. So I'm quite sure that they will pay in 2020. But the more that they basically allow this whole situation in Southern border to, to be out of control, they'll lose it. Anyway, that was my quick rant for the, for, for the day. And I would like to welcome Mr. Fabio Martinez. How are you? And I want to thank you for your invitation, and uh, I want to say hello to your audience. Definitely, definitely. Well, we got a, li- a lot of li- listeners. Um, we have um, two four eight nine eight nine. Luther, how you doing? Uh, all right, great. So, um, Fabio, in regards to this whole situation with the. Um, Oh, before we go on, basically, if you can go ahead and just introduce yourself. Okay, I'm Fabio Martinez. Uh, I'm a retired U.S. Navy commander. Uh, I served in the Medical Service Corps of the United States Navy. Um, I since uh, worked as uh, Director of Human Resources for Montgomery County, Maryland. And then I moved on to uh, Columbia, South America, where I worked at a medical university there um, uh, and directed their consulting group called QualiStes, is a quality uh, control of healthcare. Um, and as a result of, of all the things that have been happening, I moved there in, in the year 2002. And I came back in the year 2015 back to the United States, mainly because of all the things that I was witnessing happening in, in Colombia. Although it is a democratic democratic country, and it's supposed to be the number one friend in Latin America of the United States, I right. saw how all their structures were rapidly becoming uh, socialist, and I decided to make the move and come back to the United States. I sold all my assets there and decided to move back to the United States in the year 2015. Fantastic. Uh, Well, welcome back. I'm glad you came back. Um, So I want to touch, before we go on to the the topic of the day, which is is America's future capitalist or socialist, you belong to the walk away movement. And for folks that have not heard about the walk away movement, the walk away movement is a movement of ex of former ex or ex Democrats that have left the party. Is, is that correct? 
in, correct, in my, correct. Uh, the walkaway movement basically uh it's a it's a nationwide movement of people who have seen the light basically is what I say because I I voted for uh Bill Clinton and the first term of President Obama I voted for him as well uh when I really was not cognizant of the fact that these two gentlemen were actually decaying our democracy here in the United States. I, I was very much apart from any of the political scenes or anything like that. I, I was not really uh, a member of any movements or anything like that. So I was just doing my job and, and working like most uh, Americans do. You know, we don't have time for much of that information. So we get involved in our day-to-day job and in the meantime there's a lot of things that go behind the curtains in Washington DC that that really end up uh, decaying our 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 institutions so uh, my my take on the walk away is basically uh, people who have voted Democrat or independent and who have now seen the light, seen what's happening in the United States, and we've decided to switch parties, come over to uh, the Republican side, and start advocating to sustain our values as we knew them when we were growing up here in the United States. Uh, I grew up in the state of Arizona, graduated from uh, Scottsdale High School in in, uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. And uh, uh, then I joined the United States Navy. And yes, I was was a a member of a uh, conservative institution, the United States Navy. And and we were values-based driven, or at least I always thought that. And then all of a sudden, I'm, I'm seeing that a lot of our values are decaying, and and the institution was was losing its its uh, worth, uh, not just here in the United States, but worldwide. And so, right. I I felt the need to to come out and come into the the Republican Party and start advocating to reinstitute our family values. Uh, the Pledge of Allegiance in, in schools, uh, the National Anthem, uh, right. not kneeling in front of the flag. You know, so I started uh, being outspoken in my, my different uh, methods of, of social media. I use um, Facebook uh, primarily, but I also use Twitter uh, and Instagram. And so I, I started kind of speaking out, and a lot of other people have done the same thing. So the walk-away movement is basically that. People who have got fed up with the socialist, the, the global socialist movement trying to institute all these counter-values onto our children and onto our institutions like schools and universities. And, right. and it's time for all of us to say, stop, no more. Definitely. Uh, Luther, do you have a question for M- Mr. Martinez? Uh, yeah. Um, a lot of people are devoting Republican, and I want to see if he agrees with what I have to say here. Um, 
we all voted Republican for Donald Trump. Um, the rest, a lot of the Republican parties are not aligned with them. Republicans and the Democrats are a double-headed state with a handshake. And you voted for Trump for change. But do you agree that we need to pick people, donate for new people, and change this? Do you agree with that? I'm sorry. I, I couldn't hear the question. Did you repeat that, Cisco? I said, do you agree that that we all voted for Trump, not basically because we're Republican? Um, what I'm saying is, is both parties are a double-headed snake with a handshake. We got rhinos in the Republican Party. They're with the Democrats. Do you agree we need to get them out to, to, to change this, to help Trump? Did you hear that? I think, did, you, did you get a chance to hear I that? If I understood yeah. the question correctly, is that we probably need to purge both parties, uh, Republican and Democrat as well. We, we have a lot of people that, that are in, in either party that really aren't sure what the party stands for. And we mm-hmm. probably need to do a purge of who's on the right and who's on the left. And, you know, this, this thing of middle, middle of the ground, in fact, uh, in Latin America, they use a term called um, uh, center-left or center-right. Hmm. I always well, question that. I said, what, what does that mean? And some people, some people, some politicians have actually run on, on, on that ticket. I'm either a center-right or a center-left candidate. Right. And and I think it's it's come time to for us to define you either left thinker or you are right thinker, and and Mm -hmm. and we need to start purging people that that really don't know which way to go. Well, what I'm trying what I'm trying to say here is is, um, the Democrats are not the Democrats of all. The Democrats are socialists today. They're not Democrats. Um, The Republicans are not Republicans with rhinos in it. These two parties don't exist anymore. Um, that's my opinion of it, and that's why I voted for Trump. I, I, right. I agree with you. The parties have 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 uh, veer from their initial philosophy, mm-hmm. both of them. So yeah, I, I I agree with you on that, and that's why I said that we we probably need to have a purge on both parties. Right. As a matter of fact, it, it just was revealed this week that uh, about 10 million, 10 million uh, voters, Democrats, crossed over and voted for Donald Trump in 2016. Absolutely. So basically, it's, 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 and, and then the walkaway movement now wasn't there in 2016. That's going to basically allow more of this to uh, happen. Hold on. We have another caller. Uh, 812-652. Do you have a a question for Mr. Martinez? Not currently, no. Okay. Fantastic. Uh, Right. So the 10 million that are basically moving into uh, that voted for Donald Trump in 2016, plus the walkaway movement, which you, you're part of it. Uh, do you see 
a landslide in twenty in twenty twenty with Donald Trump, uh, Fabio. Yeah, I I, I was witness uh, of the rally this past Tuesday here in Orlando. Okay. Uh, where we had uh, we had twenty two thousand people inside the the arena. We had probably another few thousand outside of the of the arena. It was raining cats and dogs. It rained. There was a storm, and people just we sat there waiting for the Amway Arena to open. Uh, we were all diehard supporters of of the president's agenda. It showed me how uh, committed people are. Uh, in, you know, who, who are supporting Trump? So I, I do, I do predict that at least a 65 percent uh, turnout uh, will vote Republican for Donald Trump. Two thirds, absolutely right. And I believe it'll be 20 million this time, not 10 million. It'll double. The, the Democrats now they got no chance of winning. But the problem is, there is one population that there is one population that's of concern of mine which I noticed uh, women were represented, uh, Caucasian were represented, black or African-American groups were scattered, very, very few. And what really concerns me is that Orlando is, there's a large group of Hispanics here in, in, in Orlando, yet, I didn't see, I probably, I would have said, I, I could say probably one, two percent of the people who showed up on Tuesday were of Hispanic descent, or there were groups that were Hispanic, Latinos for Trump or Hispanic with Trump. So it concerns oh. me because, for example, tonight, President Trump will be speaking at one of the major uh, Hispanic mm-hmm. channels called uh, Telemundo. Right. However, right. They scheduled him for 11 o'clock at night, which, you know, 11 o'clock is not the best grid to have the president speak to the Hispanic population. The first time ever since his presidency that he's going to be speaking uh, in one of these two channels. And so for the first time, talking to uh, over 40 million Hispanics in the United States, I think it's an insult that they gave him that grid 11 o'clock at night. Uh, because, you know, either Hispanics are either in one of two places. They're either partying on a Thursday night or they're, <laughs> they're, they're, or, or they're asleep because they got their, their day start, er, you know, very early the next morning. So the, the viewership is going to be very reduced. And so right. it concerns me because the Hispanic population, it's, it's a pretty large group now. Uh, they're, they're trying to get... Uh, Democrats are trying to get uh, illegal votes or illegal right. uh, immigrants to vote for them. And the, the legal immigrants who are here, the 40 million plus of Hispanics who, are vote, who could be voters, uh, are not being uh, talked to other than by these two channels, Telemundo and Univision, which, by the way, Univision... The news director is a guy by the name of Danielle Coronel, who is a um, uh, left-wing, uh, guerrilla-lined 
uh, journalist. <laughs> he he actually he he actually does a lot of service for the Gorilla in Columbia Park. So wow. he's now the director, the news director of Univision. So this is the guy who's 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 filtering the news to the Hispanic population in the United States, thereby yeah. bringing through the back door through the Hispanic group all the socialism that that start, starts up in Cuba, goes through Venezuela, was being financed uh, with the petrodollars from Chavez. And now they're coming through the back door into the United States through these caravans that they're sending Latin Americans uh, in the United States. Well, I, I think, Fabio, I'm a little bit more optimistic in regards to the Hispanic vote uh, for Trump. I, 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 I've been in touch with quite a few um, groups across the country. And I think the second generation uh, or third generation Hispanics, they basically are they, they're tending to lean more towards Trump, and I believe that they'll do better than they did in 2016. I think there's a, a, a large movement, I mean, in, in, especially in Texas and California, of uh, different groups that are, are basically um, getting out the vote, and I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to show. So I'm a little bit more optimistic. I'm not as pessimistic in regards to... Um, and I've been to that Amway Arena. Uh, I was I was there two years ago for a wrestling event with my son. So, yeah, it's uh, it's, it's definitely um, I can see. It. But he filled it up. He filled it up. But he, I mean, he filled. Yeah, totally, he, he I mean, filled it up. But, but see, my my concern is if this is a, a large Hispanic population city, okay, or metropolitan area, and. And most of the Hispanics that are here are U.S. citizens because they're Puerto Ricans of Puerto yeah. Rican descent. So that means, yes. that tells me that there's a lot of U.S. citizen Hispanics in this area, but they weren't there. They were not at the Amway Arena. But I, I, I think I know a little about Puerto Rico, and 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 one of the things that I know, the large large number of them are actually Democrats. So they yeah, wouldn't be there. So, yeah, so they're Democrats. Uh, not all of them, but uh, uh, especially in the Orlando area, the Orlando area. But so I think the walkaway movement is it's definitely uh, good for Donald Trump and it's good for, for the country. Now, l- let's move on to the, to the next topic, uh, the Venezuela crisis, because the Venezuela crisis is still, go- it's still going on. Uh, Maduro is still in power. Um, and it's stagnating right now. I mean, I don't think we're, we're going to do anything. I mean, Colombia seems to be, which was at one time trying to work with us. I think the Russians put a little scare tactics on them and they backed off. And then the Chinese is basically, you know, they're, they're also there, you know, so the Chinese and the Russians, which actually, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but, you know, the Chinese and the Russians control and own Venezuelan oil. The Venezuelans don't own the oil anymore. They're actually controlled by, by, by the Russians and the Chinese. So the way that it's set up right now, where do you see the Venezuelan crisis going? Well, we, we had an opportunity a couple of years ago, but 
the climate was such that it was best to be left alone. That was when Obama was trying to uh, make friends with Raul Castro, the dictator in uh, in Cuba, Fidel's brother. And, and so, therefore, we didn't do anything. We just kind of looked the other way. Then came Donald Trump. He was busy with the Middle East uh, and, and this thing in South America, in, in Venezuela, kept on growing and growing. In the meantime, last year, we elected uh, uh, in Colombia a president by the name of Ivan Duque, who... Even though he's supposed to be one of these centrist or center Democrats, he's really a left-center Democrat, pretty much like Trudeau in in Canada Mm -hmm. or Macron in in France, the same type of individual. In fact, he idolizes those two people. So we now have a president who claims to be an ally of the United States but it's working with the FARC guerrilla, helping them still the way the previous president, who was uh, Juan Manuel Santos, who set up the peace talks with the guerrilla in Cuba, helped by Raul Castro, and set them up to get Colombia to become basically a narco uh, state. So mm. now we have Duque who is running the, the, the country of Colombia, who's the next-door neighbor and supposedly the ally to the United States, but he said publicly no armaments, no troops will be landing in Colombian territory. No foreign troops or foreign armaments will be landing in Colombian territory. So ha- having said that, the United States really has no ally down there, down there who is willing to help uh, militarily in, in that crisis. So we're, we're, we have no way to intervene militarily in, in Latin America because we have no logistics support in, right. in Colombia, which would be the only one that would be uh, willing to do it. Now, Brazil who's now, there's a person who's very much aligned with uh, with President Trump. His name is President Bolsonaro. They mm-hmm. call him the, the, the Trump of Latin America. He has he has uh, given indication that he's willing to support, but, but that's not enough. We, we need both Brazil and Colombia to allow movement of troops or equipment or anything like that if we're ever going to uh, be able to intervene uh, militarily there the the talks are not going to work uh, right. they've been talking and stalling and stalling those are just techniques that that communism uses to to uh, basically perpetuate themselves in power so uh, talks are not going to work there's been Definitely. several attempts to talk with the opposition maduro uh, and the opposition and the opposition has been basically laughed at every time um, the opposition has solicited uh, United Nations there's a lady by the name of Karina Machado who, who's a congressperson down there in, in Venezuela who came to Organization of American States 
she was hurt, but in one year and not the other. We we are right now. I think the United States hands are tied right now until the the neighbors around Venezuela consent to uh, to some type of military involvement. I mean, it could very easily be done. I mean, I can see uh, something like what happened to uh, uh, the president in Panama, the dictator in Panama. Right. Back in the, the, uh, the Noriega, Noriega. Noriega, President Noriega. It could be an operation like that, very quick, just come in and special team and take care of it. But, however, uh, without the, the local support, it's not going to happen. Uh, we have a, a, a caller, uh, Triple One. Do you have a question for Mr. Martinez? Um, well, the title of your show is Where Are We Headed? Um, communism or uh, Capitalism. So I was going to wait until that topic came up and then I was going to um, contribute well, to the show. Yeah, he's, he, uh, Mr. Martinez is, is touching, he's, he, he briefly touched on the socialism and capitalism because he's experienced, uh, he's seen. The development of that. So, if you have a question for for him on that, no, uh, no. I mean, was, were you talking about the future of America? Were you talking about the future of Correct. the world, or well, what, basically, Mister Martinez is going to touch on America's future. Is it capitalism or socialism? But he he briefly went on it, uh, and, and gave a brief description of what he's experienced. But uh, Fabio, can you just Proceed ahead, so then uh, the gentleman sure. is interested me, in, in this me, whole concept of capitalism and socialism. Sure. Let me use the example uh, of Colombia as as a as a and Venezuela both, where Venezuela is a little bit more advanced, and and Colombia is on the verge of of taking a leap into socialism. They started a few years back basically eroding the military. They continue with the media, newspaper, print, magazines, radio, television channels. Basically, they, they buy it and they control it. Then they kind of become uh, media for the state. Then they go into schools, public schools, elementary schools, uh, and universities, where basically the deans only hire professors that espouse the socialist uh, philosophy, and, and, and you start working on, on, on the youth. Once you have youth who now, for example, in the case of, of Venezuela, who have been under the socialist regime for 20 years, they now have journalists who are uh, graduates, of this this uh, uh, journalist universities uh, that basically are teaching the socialist way to do journalism, which is pretty much what we're seeing right now in the United States. So I've seen how these institutions begin to to be taken over. Then they continue with the courts. Um, and then, basically, they finally get someone in the presidency. We had, for example, in Colombia, the last election last year, 
uh, there was a candidate who was a guerrilla person from M19 group, kind of like uh, EPA in Spain or IRA in Ireland. Well, the same thing. We had someone who was from the M19 group, a guerrilla group, um, which is financed totally by narco traffic, who was the runner-up, the, the winner uh, in the, in, uh, for the presidency, I believe got a little over 12 million votes, and this guy had close to 10 million votes. So it tells you the level of, of uh, infiltration that, that socialism has been able to uh, take hold in, in, in Colombia. So now we have several institutions, the educational system, the core system, the media, and with that, they take off. And now they start working on the youth. Now they start destabilizing governments by doing riots. So something like Antifa here in the United States is happening. Mm-hmm. We are seeing the same thing with deans here in universities. I have three uh, children who are graduates from universities in Washington, D.C. And they, they even though they were raised by me, uh, they have a lot of strong uh, thoughts about socialism. You know, they look at it in a positive way. Why? Because they spend, you know, they're all masters trained, and they spend several years in in, in uh, universities in, in the Washington D.C. area. So I, I'm seeing it here in the United States. I moved back in the year 2015. I start seeing the same thing that I had just left Columbia, where by these institutions here in the United States are having the same effect as the ones in, in South America. And I said, oh, my goodness, I need to start speaking about this. And so I started writing about what I saw in, in Colombia, what I saw happening there, and the results in Venezuela, the results in Bolivia, the results in Ecuador, the results in Argentina with uh, the Kirchner's. And mm-hmm. now the result in Colombia. And then I came here and I see the same things happening, and I started writing about it. And I, that's when uh, finally I, you know, I, I, uh, I was contacted by Cisco, and I was contacted by a couple of newspapers, newspapers in uh, the Midwest um, to talk about, one in Arizona, to talk about what I saw there and what I'm seeing here is the same thing. Basically, Socialism has already gotten a hold of all these institutions, and if we don't do something about it now, we could stand to lose our country. At that point, I'd like to interject, if I could. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. I am glad that you have this particular guest on tonight. I hope you have a website, because when you say it, uh, the guest, when he's talking about the um, the insidious effects of communism, he's doing it from a first-hand perspective. A lot mm-hmm. of people think that Colombia and the Dominican Republic, they're still capitalist-founded and capitalist-oriented. Um, but uh, when uh, I'm a libertarian, and I get into conversations with liberals all the time about socialism, communism versus capitalism, and they all think that, it, yes, they did it wrong over there, but over here, they'll do it right. And I'm sorry about your children having gone to liberal universities being taught the propaganda about the so-called good effects of socialism 
no more inequality. Everybody has a free job, free education. But what they're not taught is that the kids um, or anybody involved in socialism, communism, they don't have a choice much about what job, where they're going to live, what kind of freedom of choice of other matters that they have. So if you have a website, I hope that you can give it, and I hope that you're successful in your particular um, journey on talking to people because you have more credibility as somebody who's lived through this than the American liberal who is just romanticized the promise <laughs> of socialism. So I thought I'd say that. Very good, very good. Yeah. I like, but yeah, go ahead, Fabio. Yeah, just I was just going to say it, it's it's I'm I'm seeing something here that I saw in South America, which is the younger population think it's it's kind of a you know cool or chic to be socialist. They they often use the term socialism uh, as they think socialism is in the Scandinavian countries. They say they always use Norway and Sweden and Iceland and all these countries that are supposedly socialist, uh, which really from socialism, uh, all they have is really the name. As far as I'm concerned, they're very capitalist. Uh, they have a social security system similar to ours. So, I mean, if anybody is a socialist country in terms of how it operates, is the United States. The United States, in, in a way, we have a social security system that right. supposedly the young support the old, and, 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 and that's just the way it was set up. And, and the rich also uh, help to subsidize some of the programs for the underprivileged uh, people in the United States. So to me, that's kind of socialism, but it's based on capitalism. You mm-hmm. can't have one without the others, is, is what I think. You need to have some sort of socialist system to help the underprivileged and, and the poor and the, and the elder and so forth. But the base of that is capitalism. So, so what, what, what these kids are thinking is, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to have that. We will have that. Look at Norway. Look at you know, Denmark, Denmark and so forth. And so they think it's cool. It's, it's the in thing to, to be. And they don't really know where this wave of socialism, the way it's taken out of context, and uh, it's all it's all about power. Basically, what happens with with Latin American socialism uh, and the way they're trying to export it here uh, is basically where very few people within the party become rich at the expense of the entire population. Basically. Yeah, I like to make and another that Over and over, I saw it in Vietnam, I saw it in Laos, I saw it in Cambodia. Um, yeah. I talked to people in, in Vietnam there. Uh, I was there seven years ago, and I talked to people about this, and, and they told me, they said, if you're in the party, you're okay. If you're not in the party, they break you, basically. Right. Go ahead. Okay. Um, you were just talking about the social, the hybrid type of system, which is um, something which is 
uh, romanticized by Americans here. When they mention Sweden, Denmark, Finland, and the type of countries that are over there, those are hybrid countries. And when you mention the Social Security system over here, that's somewhat socialist. What we do have as a form of socialism is Medicare, Medicaid, the entitlement programs, welfare programs, food stamps, etc., which comes out of the taxpayer's pocket. Yes, it would be nice to have a nice social net uh, funded by the government, but when you have a system founded upon the uh, Federal Reserve, just like 95% of the countries in the world have their central banks, in which the currency and the money is founded upon debt, the socialism can't work because the countries are always in debt and are always printing money to try to resolve the debt and always trying to um, yep. take money from the populace through taxes. So that particular model doesn't work. Um, even China, up in about 35, 40 years ago, that was a communist country. When it started practicing capitalism, that's how it started. That's how their economy started growing. Um, so I thought I'd, I'd put that in there to, to make it um, the context that it is. And this was warned about by the book, It Can't Happen Here, written in the 70s. So, you know, the communists have been in our country for a long time. Well, I, I, I want to mention I want to mention in regards to those Scandinavian countries and, and, and they're all part of, of the European Union. And as far as I'm concerned, and whoever wants to get uh, into interject, the, the EU is a socialist, communist dictatorship because every, every country that is part of the Euro, European Union does not have sovereignty. They basically control their budget, their migration quotas. Everything is controlled by Brussels, in Brussels. I mean, I have a, I have a cousin in, in, in Holland who lives in Holland. She, she was, she's been living there, and she just got married last year to uh, her, her Dutch boyfriend. And, and, and basically, these countries don't have a say. Everything's controlled by Brussels. So that's the reason, you know, they're, they're supposed to be giving out and, 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 and taking care of everyone. And that's the reason the large migration from the Middle East, from third world countries have invaded uh, majority of the European countries. And they're in the situation they're in right now because of the EU. Well, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right about that. As a matter of fact, it's because the EU that a lot of these countries, starting with Greece about a few years ago, which made the headlines, are getting into debt at around 150 to 200 percent of the GDP. And if you try to leave the EU by contract, you can't. You have to pay a certain fine, which they can't pay because there's so much in debt. So yes, it's all about power, as your guest said, authoritarianism, and that's exactly what. The whole world is about um, communism, socialism, whatever ism it is, even capitalism. You will have people who are power hungry, but at least with capitalism, um, if, it's, um, if it's done right, <laughs> we have a form of fascism nowadays, not even true capitalism anymore. But if it's done right, then the selfishness and the greed of human beings actually uh, serves other human beings through mutual exchange, through commerce. You don't have that with the communist countries. Right. right. Yeah, exactly. You know, one, one of the things so, about capitalism, one of the beautiful things about capitalism is, is you know, it's all free market driven. And, and when you have that, then you have competition, then you have uh, free market, and people want 
to excel within that market. And there is no, there's no limit to your creativity. And you are rewarded. And in turn, you put money through taxes into the pot to help everybody else. I mean, it's, 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 it's simple. It really is simple. Well, and, let me say you know, something. People like Jeff Bezos, for example, yeah, mm-hmm. the guy's a billionaire. But how much, how much is Amazon paying in taxes? You know, and they're contributing quite a bit in taxes. Uh, so is Microsoft. So, you know, all the billionaires, yeah, they're billionaires, but they're also paying a lot, of, a lot in taxes. And, and, and I think it's, it's the nature of capitalism and the beauty of, of the hybrid that we have created. But we have a, a sound social security system, even though they say it's broke. I mean, who knows? Who really knows how broke we are or we aren't? But right now, we have a contract with our elder to be taken care of. And so far, so good. We, we've been able Actually, to take care of Actually, let me do this again. Actually, you don't. Um, it's probably broke, but we don't have a contract. When you say that, you're probably thinking that by law, if you're going to contribute to the Social Security system when it's your turn, and don't forget, they've been raising the ages. At one time, uh-huh. you can retire at 60, either 60 or 62. Now they're thinking about making you retire at around 72, which is an indication that it's not working well. But getting back to the contract, the federal government has no legal obligation to pay out Social Security to anyone. So if they decided that because they have these um, unfunded entitlements, that they they are not going to pay out tomorrow, you can have a nice lawsuit, but you'll lose. Because, well, let me explain. Let me explain to everybody why they're raising Social Security, the age of it. Half the country does not work. The other half of the country, only one quarter of them work full time. We're going to go bankrupt. So they're trying to stop that by raising age. Eventually, we're going to go bankrupt. Only one quarter of this country works full time. One quarter works part time. The other half don't work. Now, what's that telling you? That is telling you we're going to go bankrupt. In a nutshell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you agree? Oh, with what I, do you agree with what I say here? No, you're right. I, actually, yeah. yeah. See what hap- What happens is we have 102 million Americans that are out of work, but they're not counted on the unemployment rolls because they are no longer looking for work. So because of the um, accounting system, which is corrupt in our government, they don't count them. So when they come out with the figures that the unemployment rate is only about five or six percent. That's a lie. That's a lot higher than that. It's over 20%. When you have 102 million Americans who are able-bodied, who were looking for work, can't find it, even though the economy is booming now. I mean, relatively speaking, under Trump, it's a lot better than it was. But still, to have a healthy economy, you have to have a true unemployment rate of about 5% in which all of the people, not the ones who are taken off the rolls due to legal technicalities, but all people are working. So, yeah. All right. And the ones that don't uh, pay taxes, does not file yeah. taxes, are not counted on the unemployment. So all these people that don't file taxes, it's a lot higher than 5%. Absolutely, you're right. That's Definitely. absolutely let me, the let truth. Me, and people yeah. need to learn the truth about this. Right there. Correct. It's not 5%. Now let's quit bullshitting everybody and tell the truth. And that's, the, that's what I've been going for, to hear the truth. And I'd like yeah. to say something about taxes for about a minute. Yeah. And then, I, I, then I have to make uh, an announcement. Oh, okay. Oh, can I finish? Uh, 
Yeah, go ahead. You make the announcement. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. You shouldn't be paying a dime in taxes. The Federal Reserve, you have to study the Federal Reserve. Before the Federal Reserve, we didn't pay taxes. We didn't pay income taxes, state, federal, anything like that. The tax system we have is a fraud. You could pay maybe some sales tax, but we were paying excise taxes and tariffs. So, Amen to that. Okay. That yeah. is, we're undergoing a fraud. If you eliminated the Federal Reserve, all the $21 trillion in debt would be eliminated instantly. We could pay That's it. right. And we would stop have to the pay central pay. bank, stop the central bank, and we the people got the power back. That's yes. what we have to do. Yeah. Uh, all yeah. right, let me just uh, at after this show, uh, we have another hour, and it's going to be Annie Burdell, the prepper chick. She's come, she's coming in at 10. So, uh, so that was a quick announcement. Uh, she'll be here. Um, Fabio. Prepper chick, how to prepare yourself for a crisis. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, oh, she'll, 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 be, she'll be on here for another segment. Uh, Fabio, I wanted to touch on this, in your opinion, analyzing on a global scale, which countries besides the U.S. are being pushed in the direction of socialism? We have Spain that has a socialist president already. Uh, mm. We have Italy. Who right now, just just recently, they had an election, and someone from the right just won. So the pendulum may start to swing the other way. Yeah. Um, well, France, we have Macron, who's also a socialism inclined person. Um, Germany. Uh, so so half of Europe, I would say are being pushed in that direction. Latin America, the entire uh, continent of, of South America has been impregnated. Uh, even Brazil, that has a guy who's uh, Trump-like, is having a heck of a time right now because even though he's won, everybody in his cabinet, from the minister down, uh, is socialist. So he's having to clean up. He's got a deep state. He he has a deeper deep state than we do. <laughs> uh, so and he's having to deal with that. And he's already said it. I don't know that I'm going to be able to combat while I you know during my term. Uh, but I, he's 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 fighting. He's fighting the same thing that Donald Trump is fighting here. A deep state. Let me tell you a little bit about the deep state here that I that I personally lived. I came back. In the year 2013, to visit the United States when I was in South America, and I had formed a group against the FARC, the guerrilla in South America, an activist group. Uh, we did marches nationwide. We had the ex-president Uribe, who was against the guerrilla, march with us. Uh, we had about 300,000 people that marched against the guerrilla. Uh, so I formed that group with, with several other military officers there in, in, in Colombia. And when, when it was getting so hard and I saw that, that we needed help from the United States, I decided to come up here. And I, my son works for the State Department. 
and he helped me with the contact for to talk with the director of Western Hemisphere in the State Department. I came to talk with uh, the Foreign Relations Committee in the Senate, and I came to talk to the Justice Department. I gave briefings as to the situation in Colombia. Uh, I came to talk about, for example, the uh, extermination of cocaine fields in Colombia, how the Plan Colombia, which is a, uh, a program that the United States sends pouring aid to Colombia on an annual basis, uh, we have sent in the last 20 years over $10 billion, with a B to Colombia to eradicate cocaine, yet Colombia has gone from 80,000 hectares to over 250,000 hectares of, of cocaine. During huh. the same oh, time wow. that we sent over $10 billion to eradicate cocaine in Colombia. So... I came to tell them that I had first-hand information of how the reports that the State Department was receiving from Colombia were bogus. For example, I had a young Navy lieutenant, Colombian, tell me that he was quitting the Colombian Navy because he was being forced to send reports to the United States, basically to the embassy, to the Colombian embassy, uh, the U.S. embassy in Colombia about their eradication of cocaine labs in, in the jungle. His job was to go in and, and burn these labs. Well, his order from his superior was to come in the day before, take pictures of the labs, okay? He would then warn the guerrilla groups to move these labs, these cocaine labs, inward in the jungle and that he would come back the next day and, bur- and, t- and to leave a couple of barrels and a couple of microwaves and things like that for them to continue with the pictures while they're burning them. Oh. And then send the report in saying that that lab was burnt. But in reality, that lab was given the opportunity to be moved inward a couple of miles up the road, and that was it. That was the end of that lab, supposedly. This was going on, this has been going on for, for years, and those are the type of reports that we get here in the United States saying the Colombian Navy telling uh, the President of Colombia and the President of Colombia sending to the United States how he's eradicating cocaine. But the bottom line is cocaine is still growing. Yet the Plan Colombia sends about $500 million to Colombia annually to eradicate mm. cocaine, and we continue to do that. So, what? Ha, what I has, has that changed? Is, has that, Fabio? No, has it, that has, changed? no it, has not, it has not changed. President under President Trump, Trump, it has not changed. Under Trump, it has not changed. Trump had President Duque here twice visit him and promised him that there will be eradication. Blah blah blah. Hasn't happened. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. they are giving a dog and pony show, saying that they are, but the reality is not. I mean, look, they, they just caught uh, several uh, tons of, of cocaine in Philadelphia just the other day. Uh, this is uh, <laughs> cocaine worth billions with a B being, being seized here in the United States. So... The traf- narco-trafficking has not dwindled. It's gotten worse uh, under this new president. 
Uh, and that's what's fueling a lot of this. The narco-trafficking is what, what fuels all of these uh, movements down in South America. Socialist movement right now used to be fueled by, by uh, Chavez's oil in Venezuela. So since that's dried up, now narco-trafficking is what's kicked in. Well, you brought up something really interesting uh, just now. You, you had indicated that there was a group of socialists and communist leaders that would meet in St. Paul, Paul, Brazil every year. They've been meeting for the past to strategize how to push socialism across the world, right? Correct, correct. Now, all of these things that we're seeing here in the United States and that we've seen in South America, these were all strategies planned since 1990. Back then, Fidel Castro and Lula da Silva, the president of Brazil, got together and formed something called the Forum of Sao Paulo. Forum of Sao Paulo is nothing more than a strategy meeting every, mo- every year ever since. They've been meeting every year in different areas of South America. Leaders, communist leaders, and socialist uh, leaders and dictators meeting to strategize how it is that they're going to implement communism in Latin America and bring it into the United States. That's the end goal. It's basically to win a war against the, the imperialist regime in the United States. That wow. is the, the whole purpose of the Forum of Sao Paulo. You can look that up in Google. You can There's plenty of information about that, and it will tell you exactly who meets, how often they meet, and what their strategy is and what Maybe. their goals are. Uh-huh. Have you heard of the Bilderberg Group or the Davos Group? The what group? Bilderberg or the Davos group. The Davos yeah. group? Yeah. Davos yeah. Yes, I... or the Bilderbergers. Yes. Okay. So it's the same thing. What you're talking about is the infiltration of the United States uh, via communism through Latin America. Bilderbergers is um, uh, reportedly a group of world leaders to bring down, well, to, to enslave the world. So it's yeah, it's an ongoing situation where, where, well, you know, the United States is the crown jewel, and if the United States gets taken over, then that means the whole world is taken over. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Well, that, we have the, we have we have just under a minute. Uh, just wanted to, uh, if you can give us a uh, summarize where you think this is going. Uh, the the socialists, capitalists movement. I mean, which one's going to win at the end? Okay, what I feel is that we have a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity right now with President Donald Trump. Uh, He has become a champion, a worldwide champion in the defense of democracy. Uh, And if we don't support it as a nation right now, we will lose a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to turn this, Mm -hmm. this ship around because this ship Right now, it's headed in the wrong direction. Socialism has taken a, a hold of a lot of our institutions, is doing the tasks, and if we don't extract it right now, and we have a leader right now who is taking the helm and is willing to extract that metastasis, if we are able to support him and unite behind this leader that we currently have, 
and reelect him for another term so that he has the opportunity to eradicate, if not completely, uh, at least kill the head and then let the follower kill the tail. We have to do that now, otherwise uh, we will miss our only opportunity. Because once the system is totally decayed, there's no turning back. Fantastic. We already have well, thank you. Children thank right you, now. We Fabio. Have children right now. Yeah. Fabio, thank you. All right. Thank you, Cisco, um, for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, um, Annie Fordell is just coming on right now. Um, Annie, w- welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. Fantastic. Back to back superstars today, Fabio and and and, and now Annie. Annie, can you let us uh, tell our audience a little about uh, about yourself? Being the prepper chick of the world. Uh, my name is Annie, Annie Verdell, and I run the site Prepper Chicks, um, and we talk about preparedness uh, for this century and how to make sure that our families will survive whatever comes about, not just the gigantic hysteria of an asteroid hitting planet, but everyday life crisis um, that happens uh, that people have no control over, such as a health issue or losing your job. Fantastic. And how long have you have you been, uh, you know, having your own website and, and uh, being a prepper? Oh, as a prepper, if you want to use that term, you know, that's new age lingo, I guess. You know, the lifestyle <laughs> that I live, I've been doing all of my life. My parents did it before me. My grandparents before them. It's just a natural carryover. Um so, I mean, you can call us whatever we want. We just grabbed onto the word and ran, ran with it. But um, the website itself has been up since 2011. So right. we've, been, we've been going strong since then. Fantastic. Now, one of the things that we were going to talk about today is decentralization. Uh, can you expand on that? Yeah. Um, is Mr. Martinez still with us? Or did he yes, he leave? is. No, Mr. Martinez is still. He's 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 on, right? Yeah, I'm I'm on. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I actually just listened to the past hour and the discussion that you guys had uh, pertaining what's wrong in our world, because this no longer just pertains to what goes on here in the United States, unfortunately. Um, and we always seem to have these same arguments back and forth. Well, it's the Democrats or it's the Republicans or, you know, it's always somebody else's fault. But I don't understand for the life of me why don't we get rid of our governments altogether. I don't think there's one person on this planet that would argue that um, it's gone past the point of corruption, not just here in the United States, though. This is a worldwide problem. Uh, we've been told the fact that we are moving towards a one-world government, and if you're not open, if you, if you don't realize that, then, you know, your head is in the sand. But every move that we make, no matter who the president is, whether they're Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, or whoever, um, we're heading towards the same goal. And a lot of people just don't want to admit to that because we're so strong in that line party and we just, we, for some reason, we cannot get out of it. 
I liken it to the fact my my ex mother in law lives in Brooklyn, New York. We had, you know, she had a tornado, hurricane that was heading right towards her, and for the life of her, because of her strong ties to the community, refused to leave. To even to the point that she could have died easily, and I think that a lot of us in this country have the same issue when it comes to politics, and it just it floors me sometimes. Yes, correct. Uh, now, w- w- in regards to this whole situation, because you've been on my program previously, and we've talked about the crisis in, in the southern border, uh, in regards to major crisis, I mean, the, the one in the, in the Midwest with the flooding, uh, the crops getting destroyed, uh, how do you go about showing individuals that if, when, when a major crisis hits, that what do they need to be prepared? Because you, you're, you're very knowledgeable about that whole process. Can you just give us, give us a, a breakdown of what needs to be done? What do you need to do? Because most people, they'll wait until the last minute to go to Home Depot to get some flashlights. Well, and that's very true. Um, you can go to my website, purplechicks.world, and you can get all kinds of free information if you would like on how to be better prepared. Uh, but a lot of people aren't ready for what's coming. Uh, I know there has been things in the media r- recently that said it will expect a 3% increase in food this, this winter because our crops have not gone in. Our, our entire Midwest is underwater right now, and it's receding slowly. Um, in Indiana, where I live, we have just barely now gotten corn into the ground. And people are like, well, we don't really eat corn. But, yes, our animals do, and we use it to subsidize other things like fuel and and things like that. So it's going to impact us whether people are ready for it or not. And we're, you know, we're midway through June. We haven't even gotten through the rest of summer yet. It's just now the first of, of, you know, first day of summer, I believe, is today. So, I mean, we are hugely behind when this time last year our crops of corn pretty much were over our head, but right now it's barely above our ankles. I'd like to um, answer your question, Nancy, about why um, the government, or why you the people don't just get rid of the government. Um, are you ready? Um, I don't know if I'm ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Can I? All right? Yes, go ahead. Okay. The American people, just like most people of, of all countries, we all want to believe, even if those people in the other countries have dictators, that the dictators are looking out for them. That's the promise of socialism. Why we do it here in our country, why we allow Democrats and Republicans to go back and forth every two years to screw us, is because even though I've talked to a lot of people about this, they know that the government's corrupt. They know that something's wrong. They know what the trajectory is. But the thing is, people do not want to believe that the government is that corrupt, that our government will sell out America for a few million dollars. They don't want to go there. It's, it's, it's heart-wrenching. But uh, when you do, then everything makes sense. All about the corruption, the foreign aid to... Israel, while at the same time still giving foreign aid to Saudi Arabia and the enemies of, um, of Israel, etc. It's because 
our federal government, five, about out of the 535 people, maybe 520, 525 can be easily bought for 21 pieces of silver. And But the American people are still being brainwashed into believing, well, if we get rid of the Dems, the Republicans will do something. Oh, if we get rid of the Republicans, then the Dems will do something. But they're just voting back in the same snakes and crooks that they ousted two years uh, prior. So that's uh, that's my opinion. Oh, and I, and I agree completely. We are so force-fed the bullshit that they put out to us and are, are like you said, brainwashed into, oh, well, we'll give you all this free stuff that people forget how to be individuals, which is sad because, unfortunately, whether we want to admit it or not, we're headed to a point in time in our history that is going to be ugly if people don't wake up to what's going on. Well, as Fabio said, um, oh, and I've been saying, and other people have been Trump supporters, and Trump's the guy I didn't vote for because he, he is a megalomaniac. And I was worried about his putting his, uh, his finger on the right button. But he's, he's shown great restraint in, um, you know, in foreign affairs. But the thing is, is that once Trump is out, there's going to be no replacement. The Democrats are dead set on turning this into a socialist country in order to get votes to keep their power, and they don't care one way or the other. Um, and the Republicans are the same way. They're just Democrats under a different name, and the, and the Republicans are Democrats under a different name themselves. There's no difference. So once Trump is gone, I don't see any replacement. Well, actually, well, I, mean, I, I agree with that, Neil. If I, if I may interject, I, I haven't been to these. Uh, rally that, that Donald Trump just had here in Orlando. I actually saw a lot of future leadership potential among some of the people that were there. Uh, in fact, I was talking to someone, I ran into uh, another maybe retiree, but we sat right next to each other there, and we were talking about that, and we actually said there's a lot of potential. I mean, we have Vice President Pence, for example who has picked up a lot of the of the jargon that, that President Trump, I know he's not going to be as bald as, as President Trump is. He might be a little bit more diplomatic. However, he's got the, he's got the, uh, the, the line already, you know, he picked up the line pretty well. And then we have, by then, if we allow someone like Pence to take over and, and, uh, you know, give him another eight years. Now we're talking about a 50-year-old, potentially someone like Donald Trump Jr. Who knows? I mean, the guy, the guy's being groomed right now, and he's getting the not not just the the business experience, but he's also getting the political exper- expertise. So, you know, there's 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 people that that are behind Donald Trump. I, I see I see more leadership potential in the Republican side than I do in the Democratic side. Right. Um, but you're also but, uh, still feeding the beast, and that's my concern. You use words like if we allow. We as citizens, we don't have control over what goes on in our country. We're led to believe that we do 100%. But our deep state is what's in control, and there's no difference between the Republicans and the Democrats. Our central government needs to be, be decentralized and taken right. back to the states where it belongs. We need to go back to the Articles of Confederation. You know, in 1871, when we became a corporation, 
you know, it was about feeding the beast at that time, and that's their agenda. It has nothing to do with us. We, we vote. Right. You know, we go and we put our mark on a piece of paper, but it doesn't mean anything. They put people into power that they want into power to get their agenda done. The Democrats have held power, and they saw the people getting restless. So they needed to act swiftly in order to keep control over this country. And by doing that, and this is my opinion, and I've said this in the past, they created this scenario with Donald Trump to bring in the Republican sector, if you want to say that, because Donald Trump hasn't always been a Republican. We all know that. And they promised all of these people specific things through him that some of it has happened. A lot of it hasn't. For our gun rights, he has done very little to protect the Second Amendment. I'm sorry. He's actually done more damage than, uh, you know, I care to admit at this point. So, you know, the black, the deep state or whatever you want to call it brought, brought him in because they needed somebody that would shake things up, and he was the perfect, perfect candidate for it. And, and now everybody's like, oh, Donald Trump, we, we don't need, you know, another, but, but, you know, but, Christ. But any, 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 I want, I want, I want to try and stick to, to the uh, decentralization. But how does that impact in regards to preparing yourself? You know, the preparations in, in regards to major crises that may happen or are, are happening now that can impact the country. How, how does well, that? Well, right tie? now it's. it's you know, preparedness in general is a bad word, for, first of all, because we don't involve the government to be able to do that. We like to be self-sufficient. Um, if we did bring down the government, how many people would starve and die because they're not being fed? You talked about the welfare system and how many people, I think, Luther, you brought up the fact how many people in this country don't work. That's right. It's going to be ugly. But we're going to have to have pain in order to fix things. I'm sorry. It's just the way it's going to be. And we'll lose people on both sides. We'll lose good people and we'll lose bad people. But we have to fix it if we want a future. Because the road that we're we're going down right now doesn't have a pleasant ending other than you like to live in a cell and ruled by the powers that be. Personally, I like my freedom. And we are losing our freedom in this in this country more and mm-hmm. more and more every freaking day. Hmm. And I'm tired of it. Well, you're, well you're we, right. we voted for Donald we voted for Donald Trump. Let me tell you, we voted for him. But we still got problems. They are grabbing guns from people. I had a person that had somebody attack her in her house. The cops were more interested in going to that house and taking her twenty guns. Now the person that did that has poisoned her dogs and she don't have a weapon to protect herself. How do you like that one? Yep. And well, it, I mean, yeah. so, go ahead. There were states that are trying to um, to pass laws for teleconfiscation, and Trump hasn't done a lot, but he hasn't done anything to stop, um, you know, the Second Amendment as well. But uh, Annie, I'm sorry I called you Nancy before, but Annie, the concept that you just brought out uh, just now about the deep state having brought him in, that's a good concept because I said I wasn't, I didn't vote for him. I'm a Trump supporter now. But I said, as long as he continues with what he's doing now, and don't forget, he's only been in there for two and a half years. So if he can, can continue and fulfill his campaign promises, I'm all for him. 
But I've also said he could be the perfect Trojan heart. He could absolutely set up America for a downfall. Yes, it's up to us. So the question is, how well, do we overcome the brainwashing? I think that right. they, if they're, you don't forget now, they're investigating the investigators. They're going after the people who set up Carter Page and the Steele dossier, etc. <laughs> if, if they can find out and prove that the, uh, the so-called evidence was fabricated, that Hillary Clinton um, did buy Russian lies, and if, oh, God, it would be great if she went to jail. That would be a great start to having people uh, en masse wake up. Otherwise, you know. Well, I'm sorry. I couldn't quite hear everything that you said, but I think I understand what you said. And it's, you know, what what I think you said, actually, (laughs) is why I'm concerned about, you know, people like Julian Assange, who's in jail right now, for just speaking out, concerns me. Because, you know, truth needs to get out there. And I'm sorry if you don't agree with, you know, how it was brought about. But, you know, he, he just blew the whistle on people that, you know, they don't want that information out there. Um, Cisco and I have talked, you know, in depth about the monopoly that goes on within this country when it comes to corporations. Specific, you know, I, I don't think people understand how interconnected it is. And the fact that Trump comes out and says, oh, well, I'll, I'll drain the swamp. Well, you know, in my opinion, he hasn't even, you know, taken a drop out of the swamp at this point. You know, he's going through people in his, in his little setup faster than I can change my socks sometimes. But, you know, you know, these corporations that we have, and if you follow them back the rabbit trail, are pretty much owned by a single entity at one point in time. And we've talked about specifically the electric companies within this country and how wherever you move to, you don't get a choice. It's somebody that's assigned to you. And if you don't, if you don't fill up, you know, their credit score or anything like that, you're, you're pretty much shit out of luck. But then you find out that the rates that they charge you compared to other places in the country might be a little higher than what you're comfortable with. But then you find out that the profit that they make gets sent to the lobbyists in Washington, and they're paid off to pay to um, be able to self-regulate themselves. So then they can go back and they can charge even higher rates. Uh, PG&E in North California is a perfect example of the corruption that's going on with this, within this, this country right now. And it's not just them. Banks do the same thing. Brokers, insurance companies. I mean, it's all through the country and there is no way one person the president of the united states no matter who that is is going to be able to pull the tentacles out of this country with all the corruption there's just no way to do that without the entire government going down any the whole situation with the power grid the power grid in our country is very very susceptible to attack it's been happening how do you prepare for a power grid, you know, uh, collapse? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, come on. Let's think about that for a second here. You know, uh, FEMA came out and said that 90% of the citizens in this country would perish if we did not have electrical power. 90% of everyone that lives in the United States would die. But if you go back 100 years, 
you will find out that 100% of the people that lived in this country then lived without electricity. So how did we become so dependent? Kind of the same way we've become so dependent on our federal government, which is sad. So start weaning yourself off of electricity. You know, I spent the weekend without power because of storms that came through. Now, that being said, do I like electricity? Absolutely. I think that smaller grid patterns within this country would help. I think that the um, electrical companies being held responsible for their equipment because, like I said before, PG&E has outdated equipment that, you know, catches the forest fires or catches the, the forest on fire in California and burns people's houses down. Then they are permitted by the state of California to raise their rates in order to pay for all of the stuff that they've created. Our power uh-huh. companies are not held responsible to update their equipment at all. At all. Right. Because they self-regulate right. themselves. Which yeah, is yeah, just crazy. Um, okay. You're talking about... Uh, yes, we have fascism in America today. We have uh, the lobbyists lying in bed with uh, with government, and another reason why they're corrupt. And we elect who they select. There's the machines on both sides that select these people. They fill, they fill our heads with the propaganda we vote for. But the thing is, is that, um, yeah, Trump by himself uh, possibly cannot. But Trump's the best vote we have now, as long as he's not the Manchurian candidate or, uh, you know, uh, Trojan horse. But then, what do we do? We have to wake up. We have to, in my opinion, we have to know how fraudulent the corrupt Congress is. So if possible, we can get down to the bottom of how this Russia gate got started. That would be a good start. But again, as you, the host of the show, you were talking about, um, or maybe may even Fabio, um, talking about how the kids got indoctrinated early. That's what either Lenin or Stalin said. Either one of those guys, yep. I forget who, but I'm paraphrasing the quote. Give me your young kids, and I'll have them for the rest of their lives. Right. So this is what Alex Jones and people like him have been preaching about for years, but people do not want to wake up. They don't want to. Can you imagine if you voted for JFK or you voted for Trump, if you voted for Jimmy Carter or Obama, and then you found out that the guy was actually a communist who was brainwashed by, um, by, by Lenin or by Putin or by whomever. It would hurt you. You would, you would, some people would probably fall over and collapse. That's the last straw. Once you get past that particular obstacle, then you realize what's happening. I mean, more, on, more than just an, on, on an abstract level. You feel it. You know it. Everything right. you do. But, 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 but one of the things that really uh, strikes me in regards to putting aside this whole thing with Democrat and Republican, the fact that we as a country, our highways are basically collapsing, you know, and, and then we have a highway fund tax that never gets really used properly. And people just sit back and do not protest even though the money that's supposed to go into the, into the infrastructure. Uh, and then we have the crisis in, 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 in the, uh, on the border. So basically, we are allowing, we as a society, we are allowing our politicians, po- our politicians 
to not do anything. I mean, one of the, I mean, what was her, AOC, she wanted to uh, raise her salary. I mean, an increase yeah. for what? What yep. have you done? I know. What's your name? The host of the show. Cisco. Cisco. Okay, Cisco. What Annie has been saying, what I've been saying, is this. You're saying that the people are sitting back and allowing it. That's what we've been saying. Because we have been brainwashed. We allow it because we trust our government. Due to incremental factors. It's not as though we got hit by a tsunami of, um, of corruption. It's been happening slowly over time so that we get slowly acclimated to it. That's how it works. So that we do not... Plus well, we go to, Huh? We have a term for that. It's called yeah. normalcy bias when we want to not have to deal with stuff and, you know, make sure we get to our soccer practice on time. And it's not just about our government. Um, you know, many things. You know, not understanding how, like like Cisco said, how sensitive our power grid is and the fact that, you know, depending on what storms come through or whatever, you know, we could be without power for weeks at a time. And if we aren't prepared for that, or even such a thing as a snowstorm, you know, we've seen people that were told by our weather channels that we were going to have an ice storm here in the United States in the south. And this was two, three years ago. And But people were con- so conditioned, like you said, that they went ahead and sent their kids to school because they were not told not to. And people can't think for themselves. And wow. that, just, that irritates yeah. me. So they Good send point. their kids to school who, because of all of this, end up spending the weekend at the school because nobody can come get them or nobody can take them home. Mm-hmm. But then right. we also have adults, grown-ass adults, who go to work knowing that this storm is coming, don't have the proper supplies such as decent shoes to wear in their vehicles as they're wearing their suits to work, who have chosen to walk home then because their car is now stuck and end up losing their toes because of it. And they're right. told, they are told that this storm is coming and they still do not react. Because they keep trusting their government. If they trust their government to tell them, look, you have to evacuate. If the government doesn't say evacuate, then the people are going to assume, well, you know what? The people I'm paying my taxes for and who are responsible for my safety, they're not telling me to leave. And I don't want to leave my $300,000, $500,000 house. I've got 10 years left on the mortgage. I'm not leaving. <laughs> yeah, Annie. Yeah. And well, people, people uh, understand, Annie. too, and they're scared. It's like, oh, my God, not, not having a government? Who, what are, how, how are we going to live? But they have to understand, too, we have had countries that have survived without a government. And believe it or not, we as human beings have the complete capability to govern ourselves. Well, that's, okay, that's a good topic for another discussion. Maybe you oh, and Mark and Rose can get on the phone with Cisco yeah. someday. <laughs> yeah, Annie, hold on. 904-365, do you have a question for Annie? Yes, I do. How, how you doing? Yeah, go ahead. To the person, whoever, whoever I'm speaking to, my question, my question is, they had a form on reparations. Can you hear me correctly? Yes, yes. They had a form of reparations, and I noticed the show is, will America be socialist or capitalist? So my thing is, I understand we give reparations to the Indians, to the Native Americans, but if we start doing this for the blacks, 
is that a new way of ushering in some type of government-ran economy? I, I believe so, yeah. I believe so, yes. Say it again? It's a, I believe that that's, that's one of the steps of heading in that direction where the government is going to be the, the final decision-maker on any reparations or anything else. So I, I don't believe that we should go in that direction. But like Burgess Owens, I don't know if anyone has heard the testimony of the former NFL player, Burgess Owens, African-American, who said, you know, if the Democrats want to pay reparations to my ancestors, please go ahead and do it. But not, every, not, not all Americans should be paying for that. The Democrats are so hyped on, on doing that, let them pay for it. Well, these the problem is if they try to, the Democrats might just take up that gauntlet and, and then tax all of us for it. If you're going to have reparations, I believe that people deserve reparations under, under the right umbrella, with the right context. Now, let's say, for example, the government wants to decide to pay out reparations. They're going to have strings attached. Look what they've done with the reparations to the Indians. Do you want to be like the Indians? Reservations? can't leave regulations right. over your head that you can't do anything unless you get permission from um, whoever the state or federal appointed guardian is? Strikes attached. Yeah. Well, over that so, matter, me, um, you know, and I, and I apologize if this sounds rude, um, and I understand what happened in this country over a period of time. But for some reason, when we talk about this, we only focus on one segment of our population when, such as you said, I have Apache in my background. You know, we know what happens to the Indians in this country, and I can tell you stories about it. But we also forget that there are Irish that were treated way worse. So why don't we ever talk about those people either? Yeah, why is it always one? grandfather was a servant, and there were Scotch-Irish. was a servant. He was a slave. Grover Cleveland's grandfather. Uh, Irish, no, Irish were slaves at one time, but, right. not, but, but for not very long, they were also indentured servants. Plus, Irish assimilated after 20 to 25 years. So there's a difference between, you don't even you read about that in the history books. You read about slavery in history books. As a result, people think of black people as being property. If you read about the Irish who came over here because of the potato famine, then... You know, it might be different. But they, because of blonde hair, brown hair, brown eyes, blue eyes, looking like everybody else, eventually assimilated after around 25 years. Just like the Italians, when they came over here in the 1890s and 1900s, they had a rough time. The Irish, again, they, they were slaves, um, and they were also indentured servants. But, you know, but... But 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 Dino Four Three Six Five, did we answer the question? Yes, but I have one more question. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. And um, my other question is, since the Democrat right. since the Democratic candidates, a lot of them are making this a part of their platform, the reparations. So right. my thing is, do you guys think that? Do you think? Let me finish. Do you, do you think that that's a smart tactic? Or not? Well, I, I, I believe that the Democratic Party, at this point, they don't have a lot to offer. 
They don't have anything to offer, period. They haven't done anything in two years, two, two years that they've been in power controlling the House. So in my opinion, reparations is one of the points to try and, and, and take back the African American community, to con- I mean, to continue to vote for them. But I, I don't believe that that's going to work at the end because I think the African American community is basically moving little by little. They're starting to recognize, like Burgess Owens said today, the, the, the destruction that the Democratic Party has done to the African American community in the United States for the past 50 years has been horrendous. And the only reason that a lot of people, a lot of individuals do not know about it is because guess who's reporting the, the, the news? The Democratic controlled press. Yeah. But that's the story. That's the reality. So I don't think the reparations is going to be enough for them to win in 2020. But I think that's the only. Well, that's the only, I mean, that's the only thing that you can hang work your hand right on. Yeah, about the only thing that you hang your hand on right now outside of impeaching Trump. One at a time, one at a time, one at a time. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Luther. Yeah, I said Democrats don't have a chance because of the Socialist Party. They're not a, there's no Democratic Party. And then your Republican Party is poisoned by rhinos. So, well, that's the get behind yeah. Trump and put and change leadership in this country, or it's all over. Well, I, I have a question for 904365. You sound very young. You sound like a young uh, person. Uh, what do you where do you where do you see America going? Capital staying capitalist or or going the socialist way? What do you? I like to get your point of view. Um, I see it. I see it. I see it as a right now. I see it as a very mixed economy, but I really see it going more. But um, I, I see it possible. I see it going more. I never really put thought into it, but I, I would say more of a ca- capitalistic way because generation okay. generate gen gen X generation X they are actually more capitalist than than what is reported. I know it's all over the internet, all over news and media and all that other foolishness. They're saying that the, that generation X or generation Z, whatever they call it, is very mm-hmm. very progressive, but that's not that's not necessarily true. They're actually a lot more conservative versus the Got millennials. It. Right. Has any, uh, good has point. any of you guys ever seen the video where I think it might have been campus reform went out and interviewed some students who believed in progressivism and believed in socialism? And then when the, uh, the uh, reporter asked them, well, um, how would you like to share your GPA with somebody? And they said, well, no, I work for it. That's mine. I, I can't give away part of it just to, for, for equality and to help somebody who might have a three-point GPA. So everybody, you know, the liberals are always thinking about, yeah, I'll help you with with his money and her money. But they don't want to share their money, their time. They're not taking an immigrant. The Hollywood... Right. I, was just, um, I was just about to say that. I was just about <laughs> to say that. I was, I mean, you know, this whole scenario, this whole scenario that we, we, we need to open the doors for for all the uh, illegals coming from every part of the world. And then when we basically dump a group of, of illegals in, in, in a democratic controlled city, 
oh my God, the mayor and everyone is, is is upset. It's like not in my backyard. We can bring him in, but don't put him in my backyard. So you're right. I mean, they're two-faced. They're hypocrites when it comes to that. Well, yeah. I mean, I loved it though when Trump said, "All right, you want sanctuary cities? Fine. You want, you want elite, you want immigrants? We'll give them to you." And look what exactly. happened. Yeah. So, and I must say, I'm not. I'm. I must say, I'm not even a Trump supporter. But with with, with the way the the left has been acting under Trump, it, it makes you. It kind of drives you towards being a supporter of his. And if you're very informed about what's going on in the world, and you see how much mm-hmm. the media absolutely lies to you about yes. what Trump is doing, what Trump says, and how he misconstrued things purposely, it, it drives you to want to support him, to be honest with you. Well, look, yeah, if you want to I, take a look at the achievements this guy has done so far, lowest unemployment for blacks, lowest unemployment for Hispanics, lowest unemployment for women, greater participation of women in the, in the, uh, in the labor force. You had uh, you had one guy, uh, well, Rocket Man, who was shooting missiles not just the um, uh, over Japan's airspace, but over the the country of Japan. About a year and a half ago, he stopped. Although you know denuclearization, that's not going to happen. Um, he has engaged. Oh, and because of the tariffs on Mexico, he has persuaded Mexico very recently to stop that those caravans, or at least 800 of them so far, 800 migrants out of their border instead of trying to rush across our border. So he's done a lot. Look, he's only been in there for two and a half years, and I'm hoping he's not a Trojan horse. I'm hoping he's for real. Um, And what I did mention was that um, to succeed him, I would vote for Rand Paul. But that's about it. (laughs) I agree. All right. Let's, uh, 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 we want to we want to touch it because we have Annie today and we want to we want to get as much information in regards to how to prepare ourselves for crisis major crises that are coming that will come one day we don't know when but they will come what is your strategy that you can give us uh, in a nutshell the strategy in a nutshell oh it's not yeah. quite that easy. Um, okay, so then unfortunately, you, you, our government is working against us in preparedness because they've outlawed a lot of things that we need as individuals to be able to survive, which is why it's important that we also talk about politics. I personally don't like to talk about politics, but Cisco kind of drug me in there. So, you know, I've been getting not, more and more involved in that. No, that's I'm not totally true. blaming you for that. You but, about, you know, it's not as no, easy no, as, you, you know, a five-minute speech. It's just not. <laughs> It's illegal. You know, we need water. If we don't have water in the next three days to drink, um, you know, we're going off the deep end because our body needs it. But in in most of the states within the United States, it's illegal to catch our own water. You know, why is that? When we have corporations within this country that sell our water to Mexico for a profit. Dasani water is just tap water. I'm sorry, it just is. So how are these corporations selling this stuff back to us? I think... um, Understanding these things and, and opening people's eyes is the first measure of preparedness because people don't understand how much they're being controlled with these things. And, you know, absolutely, I understand, you know, it starts with our kids, but I think we're past that point now. Most of our colleges are run by, you know, Democratic leaders who have an agenda, and we need to get control back over that and back over our kids. 
because they are our future, and unfortunately a lot of them um, are leaning in the wrong direction when it comes to this. Uh, you spoke earlier about how um, a lot of them are for socialism. They don't understand the dangers of that because our history is being destroyed. That's why our monuments are coming down. That's why we don't talk about certain things, because it offends people. People just need to fucking stand up and take this country back and stop with the political correctness. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. We need to have tough, frank conversations about what's really going on. You know what? You're absolutely right, but at the same time, you're wrong. And I'll tell you how you're not wrong, but how you seem to stand up like that. Okay? Everybody should. Because I cut. Sorry. No, I said you're right. You know, the PC culture is like, um, you know, you're domesticating people's tongues. Once you do that, you're domesticating the whole population. But it's the well, we don't the have war to worry. Now. We don't. We, we don't have to worry about that on block talk radio because the, the FCC doesn't doesn't regulate us. Right. Well, you know, you know, uh, uh, uh. You better take a look at the terms of service of block talk radio. The FCC doesn't regulate this type of platform. You're right. But a block talk radio wanted to shut you down for violation of terms of service by talking about certain subjects or cursing, they could. And for uh, them they to could, do that, they, they, they could, but they haven't. And, I, and, and I've talked about a lot of very, very sensitive... I know. Uh, I know but what I'm saying is if, if they didn't even want to, but if the government came along, it's like the government oh, yeah, did sure. with, the, uh, the, with Ma Bell and uh, persuaded them to give them their, um, their customer list, etc., then they could. All I'm saying is oh, yeah. that we are under – what we're talking about now is being recorded by the NSA. But yeah. the thing is, what was I um, – uh, what, oh, what was I going to say? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but let me let – me, let, let's touch on, on, on another topic that I think that, that Annie, I think, can really give us a lot more info on. What 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 would happen if the truckers in uh, U.S. Ooh. truckers Good would question. go on strike for a couple of days? What would happen, Annie? Well, and I think that there's a lot of inf- misinformation out there about uh, what would happen if our truckers went down. They pretty much feed this country. Uh, we have been uh, led astray from being self-sufficient, unfortunately. You know, we need to have water, we need to have food, we need to have medicine for those that need it, um, and things like that. Can we live without electricity? Absolutely. Um, One thing that I think, you know, eventually we'll talk about is the importance of communication, too, because we get fed a lot of misinformation, and when countries go down, such as Venezuela, the first thing they do is they take the communications down in the country, and then they start chaos. So... I mean, it's just, it's one layer upon one layer upon one layer that our government has stepped in and say, okay, you're not allowed to collect your own water, or you cannot have a well anymore. You have to be hooked up to the city, the city water sewer system. Um, You cannot have chickens in your yard, or you cannot grow vegetables in your front yard. We have HOA laws now, so you can't do that. You can't, this country has lost its freedom all the way around, and in all areas of things um you know it's just reality at this point um so we need to if you know you want to look at preparedness 
you know, my first thing is get out of the big cities because they are pretty much every large city in this country is run by the Democrats. It's just, it's just a fact of life at this point. Um, they have mm-hmm. herded us towards those metropolitan areas for control, unfortunately, and people need to wake up to that fact. Um, but they have always said that if our truckers go down in this country, that within a week or so, our grocery stores would be out of food. Well, um, that's a nice uh, thing in theory, but if you look at any time we have a crisis, such as a blizzard or anything like that, um, our grocery stores are usually out of, you know, the staples, bread, milk, eggs, maple syrup, you know, things like that within a couple hours of the announcement because people freak out. Whether they need it or not, they're in the grocery store and they're picking up every bag of Doritos and every Twinkie that they can get their hands on. Unfortunately, those things aren't going to sustain you for very long. Um, And people don't, you know, cans of tuna fish and, you know, the beef stew and soup and stuff like that are usually still on the shelves. But reality is that if we had a major crisis, our grocery stores would run out of food a a lot faster than that. Same way with our, with our power grid goes down, you know. Our grocery stores, unfortunately, get food delivered to them now every single day. Not like it used to be when a truck would come in and they would have a back room full of staples. They don't do that anymore because of, you know, return on investment and rotation of stock and things like that. They need to get that stuff sold and, and the money in the bank as fast as they can. So... Unfortunately, you're talking about hours once the truckers go down and the hysteria starts. So what are you going to do to be able to feed your family? You know, it's as simple as getting, you know, sitting down and putting a meal plan together for the next week and then writing the ingredients for those meals down and then picking that stuff up and putting it in the tote and and sticking it away somewhere for a rainy day because eventually you're going to need it. Whether the truckers go down, whether the power goes out, whether, you know, you hurt yourself and you can't work because, or because somebody got sick. You know, this is food insurance, if you want to think of it like that. When our insurance companies are raping us blind because of the amount you have to pay for health insurance, you know, get off the crappy food, for, for instance. You know, start eating healthy. Get out in the sunshine. Physical activity. And you'll find out real fast how fast you can start feeling better. But, I mean, think of this in terms of saving your family because this is we're at a crisis point, and it's coming faster and faster every day. Let me, you know, Cisco, you've been asking the question repeatedly. Let me give you the short answer to that, okay? I don't know how, how much time you have left on your show. We say, are, we still have about four, 14 minutes left. 14 minutes. Well, let's say we have an EMP attack or the power grid goes down for some other reason or there's a catastrophe um, which is happening out in the Midwest where the, the weather is getting us. Um, number one, if you're in the city, you're pretty much fucked. But let's say you are. You have to buy um, food that's going to last for about 25 years. You can buy that from certain companies, um, and you can buy enough of it to last you for 25 years. If the trucking industry um, goes down for, and in the normal um, situation that's been projected, if it's gone down for 30 days, or if the longshoremen go on strike for about 30 days, all of America is, is just plain fuck. Um, you have to get water. Where are you going to get water if you don't have, um, you know, your um, air pressure 
and the city services aren't going to work. You get it from the rain. You have certain pills on tablets that you can try to make your water as antiseptic as possible, stream water. If you have a place in the country or don't now, go get one. Store your food there. Store your water there. In terms of electricity, you can buy. Um, it's, it's still in its rudimentary stage, but you can buy some solar, uh, solar panels. You should have a, a vehicle that's supposed to travel around that you can store your stuff in. Um, have gas. But all of this is not going to let. It's not going to do much. Well, the, the food can last for, and the water can last for over a month, over two months, if you're very, very careful. But if you don't have gas, um, you're going to be pretty much out of luck. Get a CB radio so that you can um, talk to other CB players. But if um, so, that's the short answer, okay? To how do you prepare yourself? Um, I'm going to respectfully disagree with okay. quite a few things that you said there. Uh, no problem. Um, I don't think <laughs> that right. people should buy food that lasts 25 years. First of all, dehydrated or um, uh, freeze-dried, and people don't understand the damage that can do to your body, especially if you're already dealing with ailments. I think it's more important that you put in a um, survival garden, put in perennials, understand how to forage in your area, and yeah. go that route instead of, buying, yeah. instead of buying a package of food that a lot of these companies are selling. And I, and I get in trouble for this because I do not endorse them at all because they will, first of all, they cost a lot of money, and it's crap. And people don't understand that in order to use dehydrated food, you have to have water to be able to do that. And if you're dealing with an ailment such as diabetes and you think you're going to live off of dehydrated preps after the grid goes down, you're going to die. It's just, it's just a fact. You cannot live like that. Your body needs certain, uh, certain foods at certain times. That's the reason we respect... Uh, not, not to disrespect, but that's the reason we have Annie. She, she's the, uh, okay. the expert on, on this. No, yeah, no. You no, know, I, I don't know. know if I'm an expert. I've just been dealing with it for a long time, and I do not take advertisement for anything that I do because I don't want to be pigeonholed into being told what to say or do. That's just how I run things. I that's don't take why we any love money you. at that's all why we love you. my site or to talk. <laughs> Same way with water. You know, our government has regulated us to the point that we can't use it. They put poisons such as fluoride in our, in our drinking water if you're hooked to, you know, the, the city water system. It's against the law to have rain barrels. But there's a, there are ways around that, and we have to be smarter than, you know, <laughs> what we're dealing with with these people. You can find water um, in, in, in nature if you know what plants and what things to look for. Um, that being said, too, you know, um, no, you I don't know. Um, I just lost my train of thought for a minute there. While you're thinking of that, I remember what I, what I forgot, talking about PC. And you're saying that um, people should stand up. Do you know that in the workplace, if you do stand up, you can get the, the, the employer, not the employee now, but the employer can get sued. Because if you're saying, look, this is PC nonsense, because some woman said, I made her feel uncomfortable. Now, um, Oh, I completely understand that. I worked in the workforce for 32 years, and guess what? I'm a female. I had to deal with HR issues 
every single day. But you know what? There comes a point in time where, yeah, one person standing up might not be enough, but that one person wakes somebody else up. Before long, we have a multitude of people that are waking up and standing up for our rights. The problem is that we don't have enough people with enough guts to talk out about this stuff. And that's and what it's going to come down to. And if you do, you're on Facebook or Twitter or YouTube, you're going to be the shadow band. Oh, right, well, right. You know, somebody's got to do it, though. Absolutely. Somebody's got to start. We had pioneers yeah. that set foot in this country that eventually, you know, went from the East Coast to the West Coast. Somebody's got to get on the ship and come across the ocean. Well, so. That was- yeah, well, we've had the pioneers, but people haven't didn't want to listen to them outside of entertainment value because they continue to trust their government. Otherwise, people would. But not you know be, what? Hmm. You, you know what the funny thing is? When shit hits the fan, guess who they're going to come to? Oh yeah. They're going to come to the people that have been telling them all along, "Hey, you need to wake up and be ready." That's how irony happens. But by that time, so, yeah. So we have we have a we have a, a couple of six minutes to go. I want to I want to touch again, getting back to this whole preparedness because that's the reason we have have you on the show today is when it well, comes it's not to politics? well politics. We can mix it up. We can mix it up. But but one of the segments <laughs> that I have with you, you're creating uh, a monster. I know, but. And any one of the segments that we have on a monthly basis is to educate our audience a bit more on on how to prepare, because we don't hear that anywhere. I I, I don't even know one show that actually focuses on on, on how to prepare yourself. I do. For, well, it's besides on yours. nights at ten o'clock. Besides yours, besides yours. Um, oh, you're the show. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, educating educating. You know, kids. Like we were saying about indoctrination in socialism, how it's, how it's starting from little kids all the way to middle school, high school, and then college. How about in regards to prepping? What do you see? That, what, how do you see uh, the younger generation when it comes to prepping? Well, I think if you're going to teach children how to be prepared, you need to do it at their knowledge their their knowledge level, their ability to comprehend. I mean, you can, and that goes that goes into effect for anybody, adults too. You just don't dump stuff on people because, um, you know, even when I started out, I did that once. I made somebody cry. It was a lesson learned. Some people just cannot handle specific things. I try and desensitize myself to a lot of things. So that way, when it does happen, I I'm, I don't have that fear factor, you know, that that shock and all at beginning because that's when a lot of other people get killed or they can't function. So I've spent years doing that, you know. It's kind of like the same thing. You run across a dead body. A lot of people are like, oh my gosh, and they're frozen, whereas the bad guys stayed in there getting ready to shoot them because they're just standing there staring. You know, take that stuff out of your life. But when it comes to kids. Uh, again, you have to meet them at their their ability to comprehend level and start out with things such as teaching them, you know, outside skills such as what are edible plants that you can find in your yard or in the woods behind your house or something like that. Um, my kids and I used to do geocaching a lot, which is this 
this cool little thing that teaches longitude and latitude um, and reading maps and specifically finding things that people have hidden, which I think is a very important skill. And all it does is the program, you can put it on your phone. People around the world have hidden these little trinkets and stuff all over the place. And they give you some information, but it's like a seek and hide kind of thing um, or a hide and seek thing. And you have to go out and you have to find these things and then log, in, log them into your, your app, which is fun for the kids because they like looking for things. And then, you know, uh, you can also teach them how to cook without using electricity. We call it camping, which, you know, some families still do. But there's nothing better than taking your kids on a weekend when you're not at work and you're away from the television set and just sticking their ass at a tent and, you know, having some fun and, you know, laying out under the stars. It's just simple things like that, you know. It's right. not rocket right. science. Okay. But, too, it comes back to communication. You know, so few adults, I shouldn't say so few, um, parents, I think, have gotten away from communicating with their kids because it's easier to either stick them in front of a video game or in front of the television and let them teach their, their kids instead of them taking responsibility for that job. But, but shouldn't, but shouldn't uh, schools be also involved in educating, teaching maybe a class? Maybe developing a curriculum for why is it why is it a school's responsibility? I mean, our our schools at this point are state run, and we've all discussed tonight how corrupt they are. So okay. why are why are our schools even funded by our government? Shouldn't they be privatized? And you get a choice on who you want to teach your child. Oh, but that comes back to the parent taking that responsibility to begin with. Right. Right. Okay. I, I see. I see your point. Well, you want uh, to take the federal government out of everything. At least I do. Uh, absolutely. Except for I mean, if you security, look at the Constitution, maybe. they were only good for a couple things, anyways. It's what yeah. they were built for. Is federal government? One of those is protecting our borders, which I'm sorry, you know, at this point they're failing miserably at. And doing it on purpose. It's not just a question of failing. Failing is absolutely. failing implies that it's they're trying agenda. to do something. But not doing it right. No, they're doing it absolutely right. Yeah. All right. So we're gonna. Can I say something before the show's over? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, okay. Okay. Annie's a wolf like I am. If you're a sheep, you're gonna finally be put to sleep. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I like. I don't know because I you've heard the sheepdog theory too, where it's our responsibility to take care of our our flock. I mean, so That's you can right. look at it several yeah. different ways. We're trying. We're yeah, trying. Wolf, yeah, a wolf has a negative type of connotation in this context. Yeah. Okay. To to conclude to conclude, I wanna uh, I wanna say that that I wanna ask Annie in regards to and we'll get into the politics for the the last minute. Do you, fi- do you find that 2020 is a very decisive point in our history? Absolutely. You know, eventually we're going to have another Democratic president, if you want to use that term, if you want to divide us. But I think both parties have become just a fighting ground, uh, a, a weapon, if you want to say, between two warring tribes. But I've noticed that both of them are starting to break apart, you know, you've had on your show specifically Cisco um, Democrats that I was 
kind of shocked at their philosophy because they were old school Democrats, such as back in the day when Kennedy was a Democrat, right. who would probably right. fall more in line with the Republican at this point. But, you know, even the Republicans, you've had Chris Zeller on your show, and he's all about, you know, dismantling the Republican format. You know, right. personally, why are we even fighting about this stuff? Why aren't we going back to the root cause of all of this? To, right. In my opinion, it's just a distraction anyways. It's, it's something they put out there to keep us off point when the root cause is we should be bringing our federal government to a limit, which is what they were created to do to begin with. You know, why Fantastic. are we taxed upon tax upon tax? Why are we taxed upon you- a fishing okay, license, any- a marriage license? I, I, got, I, got, I got to go. You know, I got to go. Asinine. I got to go. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Annie. And we'll see each other next week with another special guest. Thank you. Have a good night. God bless. Thank you. All right.